0: I want, I, want to, um, I want you to think about something. A few weeks ago, I'd asked you to think about something that was impossible for you to accomplish. Something you'd like to see that's well beyond your ability or anybody else's ability that you know of. And I want you to do that again. Because I'm stuck on this thing of faith. Right now, it's in my heart, it's kind of building, and, and, I, and I want you to think about something that's in your life, or something that you would like to see, that you cannot do on your own, that's going to require the, the hand of God to reach in. And, and while you're thinking about that, I want you to look at that picture, and I want you to look at that girl that is screaming at the top of her lungs with her eyes closed, and I want to ask you this question, what would it take for you to do that? I know, I can hear it, absolutely nothing, Pastor, there's nothing that, that I'm just not doing there. What would it take for you to do that? I know there are some adrenaline junkies in here that would say, it wouldn't take anything, just give me, give me the bungee cord, let me go. We'd be praying for you all the way down. Look how deep that is, is that an incredible picture? What would possess somebody to take that step of faith? I don't see a lion going after her. I don't, I don't see anything behind her. He's not pushing her. In fact, he's got a harness on saying, if you fall, I'm not. Uh, what would possess you to do that? Let me ask you this. What, what in life would, is important enough for you to take a step of faith like that? If you knew that if you walked off that platform and, and took that, that plunge all the way down, on um, trusting in that bungee cord, if you knew that if you were going to do that, that everything that you had ever done wrong in your life would just be erased, would you do it? How about if, if there was a, a need in your life that you really, really, really wanted it, Fulfilled, and you couldn't do it on your own, but you knew if you took that step of faith, it would happen. Perhaps there's somebody in your family or close to you that that is sick, that has a terminal illness. Would you take that step of faith, knowing that if you took that step, can you imagine the adrenaline, man? Your heart is in your throat, just oh. See, we look at a picture like that, we think, man. You know, there's probably nothing that would make me do that or get me to do that. But when you start thinking about different scenarios, there are some things that would provoke us to do this. And in the story that, that we just read in the scripture, it was really, it's an incredible story about... Bartimaeus, and we, we always call him blind Bartimaeus. You know, it's just, you know it's just, it just doesn't sound good, Bartimaeus, does it? It's just always blind Bartimaeus. But if you look at the scripture, this is Jesus getting ready to go to Jerusalem. This is right before his great passion, before he goes in and cleans out the temple, before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And, and they're in Jericho, and, and as they're leaving Jericho, and he's going to make that little twelve, little over twelve mile journey from Jericho to Jerusalem on the on the trail of blood. They call it the trail of blood because there was a lot of uh, robbers that would hide out along the, on the trail and they would rob people but not this time because this time of year that road was filled with pilgrimages uh people uh multiple multiple families there was multitudes of people that were making their way to jerusalem for the passover and as they were going up to Jerusalem, they were singing songs of ascension. They were singing songs of praise. And and you say, well, what kind of songs were they singing? Well, if you read the book of Psalms, you'll read some of them. And they were, they were singing. They were joyous. And here's Jesus. And and he's making his way, and, and the crowd is around him, his disciples are around him, the apostles are around him, and they're all focused. And, and can you imagine what's going on in Jesus' mind, that he knows he's entering into Jerusalem. He knows that, that there's going to, he's going to ride in on a, on a donkey. He knows that just in a few days he is going to be crucified. Can you imagine where his mind's at? Nobody around him knows that. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows his time is at hand. And here he is in a big crowd, and they're getting ready to leave the city. And around the gates, not not just with the crowd that's going to Jerusalem, but there are those that are lame and halt and blind and sick that can't make the journey. And they're along the road. and, And here he is, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus just simply means son. Bar means son. It's like Simon Bar-Jonah was Simon the son of Jonah. This is the son of Timaeus. Timaeus means sinner. Here's blind son of a sinner sitting on the side of the road, Begging. Because this is what he does. This is his job. This is what he does every single day. He goes, he's blind, he sits, and he begs for money because he can't do anything else. There's no braille. There's, no, there's nothing that he can do. He's, he's blind. And, and, the, and I want you to get this, this full picture That he is sitting here doing his job. Here's Jesus in this crowd. Thousands upon thousands of people. And then the scripture says this. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to shout Jesus son of David. Have mercy on me. And And I want you to look at this text for a minute. When he heard. Someone had to tell Bartimaeus about Jesus. Somebody through the last three and a half years had been telling him stories about this, this rabbi, this, this teacher, this, this man... That has been raising the dead. And, and opening blind eyes. And unstopping deaf ears. And he had heard the stories. And somewhere in him. He believed and he had faith. And when he heard. That it was Jesus. He decided to shout out. Jesus son of David. Have mercy on me. Notice that it wasn't. A quiet group. Because quiet group. uh, crowds are not normally quiet but he heard he heard this is what Romans 10 17 says so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God do you realize that if you know Jesus Christ it's because you heard about him No one can come to Christ until they first hear. Remember the psalm that we sang when dinosaurs roamed the land? I heard an old, old story of a Savior that came from... Wow, wow, there's some dinosaurs in here with me. That's great. I like that. I heard an old, old story. You hear. You heard the word you believed the word and when he heard that it was Jesus and he believed that it was that Jesus could help him he began to shout and he not only just began to shout uh, have mercy on me but he uses a phrase for the first time and it was, it was almost as a proclamation of Jesus going in to Jerusalem as the Messiah. For the very first time recorded in Scripture, Bartimaeus, somebody that has never seen Jesus, only heard about him, says, Son of David. That you are the Messiah. You're the chosen one. I have never seen you, but I have heard about you. And I know within me, with every fiber in me, that you're the chosen one. You're the Son of God. You're the deliverer. Do you know what? If you want to get Jesus' attention, call him by his right name. If, If you see Jesus as a baby in a manger and you're, and you're calling on him as a baby in a manger you're only going to get a little bit from Jesus or if you see him crucified on a cross that's all you're going to get Jesus doesn't want you to just see him as a baby in a manger he doesn't want you to just see him as dying for your sins on a cross he doesn't want you to see him lying in a tomb but he wants you to understand that he did Uh, come to this world, and he was born, and he did live a life, and he did die, and he was in a tomb, but then he rose again on the third day, and now he has conquered death. He wants you to see him for who he really is. If you need deliverance, you need to call on him and say, Jesus, you're my deliverer. If you need healing, you need to say, Jesus, you are my healer. If you need provision, you need to say, Jesus, you are my provider. How do you see Jesus? Bartimaeus, which had never seen, saw better than everybody else. Isn't that amazing? He said, have mercy on me. He was saying, Jesus, I have a need that I can't. Fulfill on my own. I need and am dependent on you. You know, when we call on the Lord, it's important, it's imperative that when we get to that place, when we're saying, Jesus, whatever that situation is in your life, that you not only look to him as the source, but you also look at yourself as unable to supply it. You have to decrease and allow him to increase. It's an incredible thing in, in our lives. And, and I, I've said it before, but there's so many times in our lives that, that circumstances come up or, or, or a situation arises in our life or there's this giant giant mountain of problem facing us and, and, and it's insurmountable and we can't overcome it. But when we begin to call on Jesus and you begin to pray and you lift him up for who he really is, and you put yourself in right perspective that he is all-sufficient and you're completely dependent on him. Something amazing happens. As Jesus is elevated in your life, that problem begins to just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And the greater you, you make God, that the smaller your problems become. But it's getting to that place where we hear, we believe, and we begin to cry out. I like verse uh, 48. Verse 48 reminds me of some Christians I know, not here, because we, you know, like I said, we're Mary Poppins. We're practically perfect in every way. Uh, but many of them rebuked him and told him to be quiet. After all, it's church. Shh. We're supposed to be reverent. I remember when I, when I was a young Christian, and, and man, I just received Christ. And I was so passionate about it. Man, I, I, I would tell anybody and everybody about the Lord. And, I, and we, I went to church on Wednesday night. Dry old Bible study night. Because that was back when, when you had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You remember that? How did those guys preach three times a week like that? That's incredible. Uh, anyway it's Wednesday night Bible study night and I remember they're singing a song and I was sitting on the front row and and I got up and lifted my hands because I was happy and the good old godly saints that realized it was Wednesday night they understood that in Christianity you don't stand on Wednesday night Wednesday nights were sitting Because we're going to hear the word of God. But I I didn't know. I didn't know the protocol. I just stood up. And I could feel those arrows hitting me in the back. Whew. Oh. Man, I look like Custer at the last stand. And I had this super cool pastor. I love that guy to death. Super cool pastor. And he saw what was going on. So after all the singing and everything else. He said, Brother Jesse, come on up here. Uh, and I'm young. I didn't know what he was doing, but I do know now. And he put his arm around me and just commended me for the love of God that was in my heart. And the whole time he was commending me, I don't want to use the word reprimanding, but reminding all of God's people that there's, we need to be excited about Jesus. And that's always stuck with me. You know, that's why I like it when, when, when people get excited in church. I don't mind. If you ever want to get out in the middle of the aisle and just start dancing, go ahead. Just don't knock anybody else over. Uh, it doesn't bother me. None of that bothers me because, because I, I want people to be able to express their joy about serving Jesus. I want them to be able to express in the, what's going on in their life and in their heart that that. They know Jesus, and Jesus is their Savior. Man, they're, they're, man. when you really start thinking about what He has saved us from and what He has saved us to, if that doesn't put a little dance in your step, I don't know what will. Man, we're the chosen of God. We're the children of the living God. We have been bought with a price. We are redeemed, and we are going to make heaven our home. I got to get off of that. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll preach on that a while. I can't do that. I got to get going. But they rebuked him, and and they. they, But he. But I love what he did. He kept on shouting even louder. It's like stop, no, stop, no. He had a need. He had a need. And he kept on saying louder and louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Do you know how loud he would have to be to get over the crowd that was around Jesus? This man was persistent. This man was dedicated to the cause. He had a need and nothing was going to deter him. I love that. I wonder how many needs that I've had in my life that... I've been deterred, stopped from shouting longer, harder, louder. How desperate am I? How desperate are you to see God move? To see God transform your life? To see God turn your city right side up for Him? To see places like Choices go out of business because they don't need them anymore. Because nobody even considers ever getting an abortion. Is there a hunger in your heart to see your kids and your grandkids and your neighbors and your friends come to that place in their life where they know Jesus is their Lord and Savior? How hungry are we? Are we willing to get our voice heard above the crowd of culture and above the crowd of of life Above the crowd of of indifference. Are we willing to get beyond religion. And get to a relationship with God. Did I just say that? I'm sorry. Not really. Look Look at verse 49. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. He's a whole crowd around him. Jesus just stops and says, Call him. Call him. Call him. And look what, so they called the blind man, they called Bartimaeus, and, and look what they say. Cheer up, get up, and go up. There's something about when you get the attention of God. That's the time to cheer up. Because you know the creator of the heavens and earth is listening to you. I, I, I love that, that phrase. And we could preach on that for a while. We're not going to today. But, but he said, cheer up, get up, and go up. Notice that Jesus always calls us to come to him. He doesn't save us in our sins. He saves us from our sins to cheer up because good things are about to happen. Get up, rise above the circumstances that you're in and go up. Leave where you are and go where he is. Look, Look at verse 50, and I'm trying to hurry through this. He says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And I love this. When they said, cheer up, get up and go up, this is his response. He took his cloak, his cloak, that which was a a beggar's cloak, that which reminded everybody and helped everybody that had sight to identify him as a blind beggar. He had had the blanket in front of him. He had the cloak that when you looked at him, you'd say, oh, he's a blind beggar. I can give him... Money. This is how he's making his living. But when they said, hey, Jesus is calling you, he took that, that, col- that cloak that identified him as a blind beggar and threw it away and said, I'm not going to need that anymore. Let that soak in for a moment. Let it soak in. When he knew Jesus had said, come here. In faith, like that girl, he said, no, I'm not going to need this anymore. He's calling me. And he didn't just get up. He jumped up. And he came to Jesus. Notice that, that Mark, which is writing more than likely for Peter, The the text does not say he was led to Jesus, that somebody helped him get to Jesus. He walked on his own to Jesus. He got up, took the old lifestyle that he he had been praying to get rid of and said, I'm not going to need this anymore, jumped to his feet and walked with his eyes blind to Jesus. What does that tell you about Bartimaeus? Bartimaeus already had made up his mind. I'm going to be healed. Jesus is calling me. And he jumped up, threw away his cloak and came to the Lord. There are times in our lives where where when the Lord speaks to us and we have his attention. That the time of crying out to God is over and and the time of making your request to God is there. Look what Jesus says to him. What do you want me to do for you? I mean, here's a blind man making his way to Jesus. And he looks at Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? Doesn't that sound like a silly question? Do you think Jesus knew that he wanted to be healed? But look at what Bartimaeus said. He said, Jesus asked him and the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. To see, Notice Bartimaeus did not say, Lord, I want somebody to help me get around. I want somebody to, to get me through life on a day-to-day basis. He didn't ask for assistance. He said, Lord, I want to be able to live on my own. I want to be able to see. Jesus knew what he wanted. But Bartimaeus had to articulate What he wanted. You say, well, pastor, how does prayer work? When you figure that out, let me know, would you? But I do know this, it works. It works. And there are times in our prayer walk, in our prayer life, that we need to articulate to the Lord what we're wanting. Not, Lord, save our community, but, Lord, save my neighbor that's going through this situation. That we become detailed, that we become focused. Lord, bless, bless my family, but, Lord, bless this situation, bless this person. And, Lord, you know what they're going through, and you know what they need. And, God, I'm asking for provision, spiritual provision, financial provision, health provision for them. To get specific with the Lord. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. And look at this. This this part always gets me. Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. I'm going to say this again. As I said a few weeks ago, Bartimaeus didn't have the ability within himself to heal himself. That healing that Bartimaeus received was from the Lord. But he took that step of faith and said, I trust in you. And when he took that step of faith, Jesus said, It's your faith, it's your trust in God, it's your trust and belief in in your in your creator in, in your redeemer it's it's your faith that has healed you because you believe in him and immediately he received his sight immediately I'm gonna ask our our prayer team to our prayer team our praise team to come back when when Bartimaeus jumped up and threw his cloak away, jumped to his feet and came to Jesus not knowing. Just, that was his emancipation proclamation. That was Bartimaeus saying, I don't see right now, but I'm getting ready to. What are you needing in your life? What is God speaking to you? Look at this. Look at the last part of this. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Can I encourage you? Those that really have eyesight, those that really see, follow Jesus. If you think you're seeing, a situation and a way out of the situation that does not include Jesus I'm going to let you know right up front you're blind. The only the only one that can really help you in the impossible situations is the Lord. and not only does he desire to help us, he longs to help us, he looks to help us he even puts situations in our life that we can, Take that faith that He has given us and, tr- and put a trust in Him so that He can show Himself strong on our behalf. Trust in Him. Wow. Would you stand with me? Let me ask you again, what is your impossible situation? What is it that you've been asking God for? Can I meddle a little bit? Can I go from preaching to meddling? I really believe that it's time to quit just asking God, but the Lord is here, and the Lord is listening and I believe it's time for you and I to stand to our feet to throw away whatever lifestyle has been holding us back, whether it's our own intellect, our own emotions our own inadequacies whatever it may be, set that aside because you're not going to need it anymore because whatever you've been asking the Lord for, He will answer and let's step out in faith trust in Him see what God will do.